Prolotherapy is a regenerative medicine treatment with increasingly popular use. Listen now to learn more about what this is and how it can help you. Welcome to the Wellward Way podcast, where we empower our community by demystifying pain, both physical and emotional, to give you the tools that you need for optimal health. Hi, I'm Dr. Donish, Medical Director of Wellward here in Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. James Escaloni. Good morning, everyone. Talking about prolotherapy. Now, prolotherapy is a controversial topic because if you talk to the traditional medical establishment, they will say that it's a technique that has very little evidence, that there's no long-term benefits from it, or evidence in the literature, that it's bogus. It's alternative medicine that doesn't really work. So why is it that I continue to do it, James? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I actually remember that you used to actually tell people to not get prolotherapy early on in your career. That's true. Yeah, when I came out of fellowship, I remember I told this story before. I had a patient who had a tear in one of her hamstring muscles, and she asked me about prolotherapy, and I actually discouraged it because I said, well, there's no evidence behind it doesn't make sense. Inflammation is the cause of pain. Why would we want to provoke inflammation in order to repair something? And I have come full circle on that. A decade later, and I'm still eating my words from poor advice I gave this patient. I'm just glad that you're the type of clinician who looks back on mistakes and tries to make yourself better and evolve from that. Medicine is wrought with the lack of humility to admit we're not gods. <laughs> I mean, what's that joke go? There's a whole series of jokes about gods and surgeon. Like, what's the difference between God and a surgeon? I don't know. God doesn't have malpractice insurance. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, I'm definitely not of that surgical godlike mentality and readily willing to admit my mistakes. And I was mistaken. I mean, the whole concept around pain management and anti-inflammatory was flawed to begin with at best because inflammation is really a natural process in the body as part of the repair mechanism of the body. Whenever there is damage, your body has has tears and debris like you know if we've got if we look at a cell there's all sorts of different components within the cell that once they become exposed to the outside world, it's just debris. They don't work together. It's like if all of a sudden an engine blew up and now you've got bits and pieces of gears and levers and, and pulleys and things all over the lawn, it's no longer a functional machine. It's a mess and a headache. It's a mess and a headache, plus there's a crater in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's, it's not a functional backyard and it's not a functional engine until we start cleaning things up and then we're able to put things back together and clean up the yard and fix the engine. Much like with cleaning up that engine, it takes a little bit of time. You get a little bit of a hassle, a little annoyance, a little headache, a little pains and aches with that. Exactly, exactly. You're physically toiling to actually repair the engine and repair the yard. Well, the same thing happens in our body. If we've got a tear or an injury, an injury is just a loss of tissue integrity, meaning the tissues that are supposed to be there and working in a certain sequence or manner together, they're not able to do so anymore. And so it's not a functional area of the body. In other words, there's a tear opening of the intracellular material. The bits and pieces inside that cell are now strewn across the lawn. 
And your body has to develop a way to clean that mess up and then start to put things back together. Well, that's the role of inflammation. It's essentially creating a body awareness of injury by sensitizing the nerves in the area, hence the pain, but it's also creating signals to other cells that move into that area that start to gobble up the bits and pieces of junk and instruct other cells on how to orient themselves and how to build in order to repair the structure without the inflammatory process we wouldn't have a mechanism to initiate the repair now historically medicine has gone about addressing these painful problems because obviously an injury carries pain along with it but we've gone about addressing this by just focusing on the pain aspect of it and ignoring the damage and the repair process. So things like anti-inflammatories, steroid injections, these all modify the inflammatory process and by reducing the inflammation, they're reducing the pain, but it's doing nothing to actually repair the injury. It's kind of creating an illusion that because the pain is gone, the problem is resolved as well. And that's often not the case. So if somebody has an injury, should they be immediately searching out a prolotherapy injection? It's not imperative. I mean, we have to recognize that the body does have its own ability to heal itself. The question is, is why does it not sometimes? Why do problems go from an acute injury to a prolonged chronic problem or chronic pain? And which are the injuries that are self-limiting and resolve on their own versus the ones that either go on to develop long-term problems or repair in a way that renders them vulnerable to future injuries and repetitive problems in the same region. And that's not, there's no crystal ball on that. However, my just layperson advice is if it hurts, give it attention, give it the attention it needs And if you have any question about whether this is resolving in the manner that it should, if it's going on beyond three or four days or a week and it's still not getting better or it's lingering, then by all means seek out care so that that someone can get a better understanding of mechanically what's going on and can help you put the pieces back together. Now, when I've looked at this for myself prior to meeting you, I would always tell people to have a little bit of active rest, and then if there's still some sort of lingering issues, start some physical therapy. But then if it starts to plateau, that's where something needs to happen to allow this recovery to improve better. That's what you also are thinking? That would definitely be my advice as well, because the acute stage, like first 72 hours, it's very reasonable to give it some rest and take stress and load off of that structure in order for the body to react the way it should. What we shouldn't be doing is what's historically done. It's the RICE protocol, which is rest, ice, compression, elevation. And we've talked about how those elements actually reduce the circulation to the area of injury. And circulation is the fountain of life. It's the way that our body recognizes injury, mobilizes resources, and starts the repair process. So anything that will help improve the circulation without making the pain a whole lot worse is going to help in the acute transition to repair. 
So it sounds like our bodies are pretty smart, probably smarter than us. Smarter than us, for sure. <laughs> and they're going to figure out a way to at least hold things together, heal it, and keep on keeping on. Right. It's just that when we start to struggle with that, that's when we should start to think about what do we need to do to allow this to heal better. Right. And often that's because there's some residual weakness that your body's not able to build a work around. Like, for instance, if you've got three pillars holding up a stool or three legs to a stool and one of those two legs is still shorter than the other two then that's going to be a wobbly stool and it's not going to be as supportive and stable as it originally was built to do so physical therapy might be able to strengthen the other two legs uh, and make them hold up the weight a little bit better But fundamentally, if that third leg is still wobbly or loose or shorter than the other two, it needs some attention. And that's where techniques like prolotherapy come in. Because traditionally, what I was trained to do is, well, you just douse the whole area with steroids and calm the pain down. But there was no forethought or afterthought about what are we actually doing to that injury? How are we modifying the scenario to create a better environment for that body's ability to heal, to move forward. And we've had previous podcasts where we've talked about if the joint doesn't heal well, it heals a little bit loose, Right. then how laxity can affect other joints around it can actually be a cause of chronic pain. So let's dive into what exactly should somebody expect from prolotherapy or even what joints it might be appropriate for. So let's first talk about what is prolotherapy, the whole concept of it. It's something that developed in the 1950s with a couple of doctors. I think one of them was a surgeon and the other one was uh, internal medicine. Hackett, I believe, was a general surgeon and then Hemwall was a internal medicine doctor. And they started using prolotherapy in the 1930s, but really they published it starting in the 1950s. And the concept of it is that inflammation is the repair process of our body. Sometimes it needs a boost. Sometimes it needs more directed attention, meaning like rather than inflaming the whole stool, we inflame the one leg that's wobbly or short in order to stimulate or direct the body's attention to where it needs to put attention and healing. We've talked about, you had a really cool example one time of how tendons repair. And you had this example that you used with a piece of paper. Can you go over that again? Yeah, there's something called stress shielding and then stress relaxation. So if you take a piece of paper and you poke a hole in the dead center of that piece of paper and just start to pull from the two long ends, it'll hold together because everything around that, those fibers are just like a tendon fibers. And as you hold it, that will protect that little spot. Now, however, if you hold it for a longer period of time, those fibers start to relax and it puts stress on that little hole you poked in the middle of the paper. Now it's gonna start to tear from the middle out. So the, the point of that is that there are parts of our body that develop compensatory mechanisms. Like if you have a tear in a part of the body that is able to be stress shielded by the other fibers in the area, then that original tear never really gets recognized by the body as a source of injury. And so your body goes goes along with that compensatory stress shielding. But over time, that tear is just going to keep evolving and getting worse because at some point in the fatigue of that, that fiber, you'll get stress at the area of weakness. 
and the body doesn't mount enough of an inflammatory reaction to really repair that damage, but it does have enough of an inflammatory response to cause pain. So the concept behind prolotherapy is we're provoking those areas that otherwise are invisible to the body and creating a stress response that will generate a repair process as well. But it's a matter of understanding where those injuries may lie and interpreting that from the pain signal, which is not always easy. So prolotherapy has been a more crude technique of just blasting all of the different stabilizing structures of a joint in order to generate repair. Now, next generation prolotherapy is developing what we in, at Wellward call the pain map, which is understanding where the weak points are within the body so we can be a lot more strategic and targeted with our prolotherapy technique. I see this all the time with the patients that are coming in with exactly like we've described. They've done the right things. They've done the rehab. They've done the strengthening, but it still hurts. We check their physical exam, and it just feels maybe a little bit different, a little bit looser, and it hurts when you test the strength, and then you scan it, and it's exactly like we described. The tissues around that area are okay, but there's like a healed hole. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't heal well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we see that... The most visible example of that is the meniscus of the knee. We interpret the meniscus as this cup, this like collagenous cup, kind of like collagen is the the protein that makes up your nose. And the meniscus is this collagenous cup in which the bone of your knee sits in, the femur bone sits in. And every time you move, that femur is bending within that cup, within that collagen. So a meniscal tear is when there's a rift in that collagen and you've got a segment of that meniscus that's not holding stress together and that's painful. But what really is happening is that the meniscus is held in place by a ligament called the coronary ligament, which is kind of a weird name for it because it has nothing to do with your heart. Yeah. But the coronary ligament surrounds that meniscus and it's kind of like an archway where every brick is is holding on to the next brick for stability and when that coronary ligament is injured that meniscus is able to flex in and out and it gets pinched off and torn so prolotherapy would come in and target the holes within the coronary ligament to create that inflammatory response and that stress reaction that culminates in a repair process in order to strengthen that segment and repair essentially that meniscal tear over time. I'm visualizing this right now because I've seen it happen under ultrasound as the changes occur. You're having this hole filled in because the body now has information. I should direct these new layers of tissue onto this spot. Thanks, prolotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's, it's literally that. It's, it's just giving the body direction of where it needs to apply resources. And like we say all the time here at Wellward, the body is smarter than we are. All we need to do is give direction and the body is able to do a whole lot more repair on its own. It's kind of like instead of one blunt, crude ogre that's like walking through a village trying to put the bricks and rocks back into place that made up the village you now have a hundred little workers running around and doing the repair on a much finer detail 
than that one big crude ogre. And they're at one house, not the entire village. Right, exactly. There, There's like a hundred repair individuals at each house rather than one ogre for the entire village. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously in this situation, I'm referring to the ogre as a surgeon <laughs> and, and the cells of your body as the repair individuals. I do tongue in cheek with my surgical colleagues because obviously my, my background is anesthesia and then pain and we always joke and say that there's a blood-brain barrier meaning that there's a barrier between the surgeon and the anesthesiologist there's always a curtain between us and we call us the brains and them the 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 blood (laughs) so i have to i have to give kudos to my my surgical colleagues because there are certainly things that they are needed for that i cannot even scratch the surface on but Overall, in healthcare, we have a very surgical mentality. Like we reward interventional care and surgical care more than we do primary care or in counseling and education. There's a disproportionate emphasis on the surgical repair, whereas things like prolotherapy have really been marginalized because the concept of it is so foreign for most doctors. Now, a lot of the things that our listeners might know from previous podcasts is we talk how much about ligaments and instability are a reason behind people's chronic pain symptoms. Yeah. And I think one of the other areas that we see a ton of this on, other than things like ligaments in the meniscus or the AC joint, is the SI joint, the ligaments that are associated with that. The amount of people that have ligamentous-based SI joint area pain is astounding and it's completely ignored. Yeah, it's so funny. We had a device manufacturing representative come to us last week talking about fusing the SI joint. And he said that a lot of surgeons are just skeptical about that procedure because they don't even believe the sacroiliac joint can be a cause of pain. Oh my gosh. When they're thinking of it from a mechanical standpoint, yeah, it's a joint that only moves about 5%. But the ligaments that are there are transferring tremendous loads from the lower half of the body to the upper half of the body and back. And so it's more of a ligament problem than it is a joint problem. And frankly, fusing that is a last resort, in my opinion, because you lose a lot of the elasticity of the body, a lot of the stress absorption of the body, and you're loading a whole lot more stress at your lumbar spine or other joints of your body, your hips, for instance, when you, anytime you look at fusing that sacroiliac joint. Now, you only also consider that one, the sacroiliac joint has some of the most amount of ligaments holding it together than right. anywhere else in the body. Yeah. And how sensitive ligaments can be when they're injured. Incredibly yeah. sensitive. Yeah. No, no wonder it hurts. Right. And just fusing the joint won't fix it. And secondly, I don't think I have personally, other than a major trauma, ever seen a successful SI joint fusion to fix pain. Yeah, uh, we, we often see those failed fusions in our clinic, and a lot of times it comes out that the ligament was the bigger problem, not the joint itself. So where are some other areas that prolotherapy could be helpful? Um, literally anywhere in the body that has a ligament or a tendon, prolotherapy can be helpful. What prolotherapy does is it's using sugar or using some kind of a stimulant to create that repair mechanism. So anything in the body that has the capacity for repair, but 
is stuck in some position where it's not getting enough of that stress response to get repair. Like a tennis elbow, SI joint, AC ligament, ligaments in your neck, whiplash, low back sprains, ankle sprains, all those things. Rotator cuffs, uh, labral issues. Yeah, oh, wow. all, all of these issues, Any really anything that you have an orthopedic problem, uh, there's a potential for prolotherapy to be a non-surgical, minimally invasive, safe, very, very rare complications, extraordinarily rare complications. It's a really an effective technique, and it's really the foundation technique behind all of our ortho-regenerative products, like using PRP and bone marrow aspirate to get stem cells and other techniques. They're all founded in prolotherapy. Well, that's another reason I'm so glad I work here, because we're able to combine everything I know about physical rehabilitation with your regenerative medicine knowledge. We can really help a lot more people. Yeah, this is really what makes WellWord unique. It's more than a clinic. It's a new direction in healthcare, hence the name WellWord. Our goal is to optimize your health as much as it is to cure the disease that is bringing you down. So if you find this to be helpful, check us out on our YouTube page or call our patient navigator 859-275-4878 or 275-HERT and we'll be happy to get you the help that you deserve. So for all of us here at WellWord, I'm Dr. Donish. And I'm Dr. Escaloni. And we wish you growth and joy on your WellWord way. 